0: You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi there, welcome to episode 37 of the 515 Podcast. Uh, Jason here with John Wayne as always. John, how are you doing today? Living it up. Awesome. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired. Yeah, I guess I I keep forgetting. You know, my youngest child is seventeen. I've not dealt with babies in a long time. Yeah, your
1: seventeen-year-old wake up
0: six times during the night. No, my seventeen-year-old does not. Okay. Uh, My dog does. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's true. Um, That's true. But anyway, so uh, I'm I'm glad uh, baby life is treating you um, as it should be. Yeah. Everyone has to experience. I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. (laughs) Um, If you were here last week uh, or listening. Last week, we were still in uh, in the middle of this sermon series. Uh, questions I would ask God, mm-hmm. I'd like to ask God. Yeah. Um, and this third week, we have just a very light question. Uh, yeah. A real you almost small could have one. skipped it. It was no really, right. uh, hardly anything to say Pretty about it. Pretty easy to cover. Why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. And uh, I have a feeling you didn't actually finish everything in a in 20 minute, 25 minute sermon that you could possibly say on the subject. Yeah. Which is why we created this podcast. Yeah. And we still won't cover And man. we still won't. Um wow. Light one. So why yeah. don't you get us caught up? Yeah,
1: so big question, hard to present. Um and I have to confess some of some of the some of the parts of the series have felt like a lecture a little bit right. with the sermons. Um but I think it's really important for us to wrestle with these these questions and, and understand the historical kind of lines of thinking on this. And a lot of really smart people in the history of the church have wrestled with questions like, you know, biblical authority and the problem of evil is what we call this one. Uh, basically, if if there's a good God who uh, is holy and just and loves us, then why does he allow bad things to happen yeah, right. to, to good people? There's a lot of approaches to this you know I, I didn't really talk about this very much but even in that question there's some some things that we presuppose. First of all, we presuppose that we're good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, that's true. Like so what is your definition of good and and how do you define define that because mm-hmm. I I think that when we dive into this problem, and the, we dive into the way that Jesus handles evil in the Gospels, we see that evil kind of draws a line straight through all of us, mm-hmm. and that Jesus actually comes to to defeat even the evil in in me and other people. and And so, when when we say why do bad things happen to good people, we kind of we're kind of asking a question that doesn't hold hold a good argument. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, that's fair. And so for the for the new atheists. And like that kind of movement that that's around that throws this question out there, uh, it's hard to interact with them because they're they're coming from a place that even as Christians we wouldn't even we shouldn't presuppose mm-hmm. that we're good and and something's acting upon us that we don't at least in a little bit deserver of cause in different ways through our own actions or that we don't actually cause some evil or wrong to other people yeah. or haven't <laughs> ever done it. You know what I mean? Yeah, That's true. So that's, that's one thing that, you know, we could have got into a little bit. The the one thing that I didn't get to develop as much. And if you were with us at 11 o'clock, I had to really fly through the sermon mm-hmm. um, for a good reason. We had some missionaries with us that shared parts of their story, which I can't go into depth with you here because they they serve in a sensitive area in the world where they're in danger uh, pretty often, and so we got to hear a little bit of that story. And if you weren't with us, um, you, you missed out on a cool opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me
0: ask this: was was their appearance their appearance this Sunday planned? No, not planned.
1: Not planned, and very uh, interesting. They were here for this week because they really? were able yeah, to share chance. some really, um, really. relative Mm -hmm. things related things to what we were talking about yeah they've been through some some quite challenging situations so but anyways at 11 kind of had to fly through there i encourage you to listen to the sermon there's a lot there if you already were there live i would even um not because i want you to listen to me over and over again i'm (laughs) sure there's a, a lot of people that have presented this this issue in in some really good ways but but there was a lot packed in there, and so I just encourage you to think through some of that stuff. But the one thing I didn't get to unpack a little bit, and it's more of the answer to the problem of evil, mm-hmm. but I really was trying to get to the point where we show that Jesus, in his coming, in his death on the cross, uh, he, is, he is defeating evil. He's defeating the power of evil. And I was trying to, trying to help us to see that uh, Jesus' death on the cross is not simply Jesus dying for the forgiveness of your sins and my sins or just simply dying so that we could go to heaven like that's really just kind of a short
0: side i like that point yeah. That, that yeah you made that and i've heard people say this like oh jesus died for my sins i'm good you know i don't, yeah. don't have to do xyz yeah. or you yeah. know go care for people or feed people or whatever so i'm like oh that's a really good point i'm glad you you know mentioned that
1: yeah it, but also that even if like even if you believe that jesus died for your sins therefore you should act and serve and love and you do that in a really mm-hmm. really really good way and like you're very active and outpouring, Mm -hmm. I think you're still missing some bigger pieces to Jesus dying. And I want to expand our worship of God coming in Christ a little bit because Jesus dying on the cross is going to uh, fight against evil axes in the world and in our existence uh, in ways that are much bigger than simply the sin that's in the individuals. Mm -hmm. And so I, I started to develop these things, these gospels as you read through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, through the perspective of Jesus defeating evil, you're gonna to start to see a whole lot of things play out. And I gave these five things, I'm gonna go over them really quick. Okay. So one, the gospels tell a story of political powers of the world reaching their full and arrogant height. So we think that political powers in our world or diplomatic issues or all all, the, all of these things that that we think are pretty rough, they were really rough too when Jesus entered into to the story. And so, um, we see uh, we see juxtaposed against Jesus. We see Caesar and King Herod, mm-hmm. and particularly Matthew's gospel. Jesus born as a babe, and Herod is going out to kill children, and like you know, all of this stuff happening. Um, we see Jesus against Pilate. We see uh, John the Baptist being basically assassinated mm-hmm. by by government by ruling political parties. Um, we see Caiaphas, who is a high priest, but is really in in the pocket of some of the ruling powers and is is crossed over. So there's a political power that's raised to an arrogant height that Jesus comes to defeat Mm -hmm. and come against. As a matter of fact, the fact that we call the gospels the gospels is an irony that we don't really get outside of the ancient context. Whenever Caesar would have a decree, it would be called the gospel. It'd be called like good news. It would be called a a decree that would go out that was called gospel or good news, And so when we say these are the Gospels, we're saying this is the only good news juxtaposed against what Caesar would decree. Number two, the Gospels tell the story of corruption within Israel itself. Jesus is going to actually address the very corruption and evil that is systematically taking hold of a nation that was supposed to be God's representatives Mm -hmm. on earth. And so Jesus is going to criticize the legalism, criticize uh, the unloving of other cultures around them to criticize how they've misused and mistreated the temple and worship and all of these things. So Jesus is going to enter right into the middle of that. Number three, gospels tell the story of a deeper, darker forces which operate a super personal level so we see before jesus ever begins his ministry in the synoptic gospels he faces satan himself and that's something that we get uncomfortable talking about but we have to acknowledge that there's a serpent in the garden that there is this force that jesus is fighting against And, and throughout the gospels we hear we see that demonic uh, beings recognize Jesus and cry out when Jesus comes by, and um, runs from Jesus and knows who Jesus is. And Jesus comes to defeat that, um, and that is seen in a head-on head, head-on head uh, version of when Jesus um, faces off with Satan. But all throughout the gospels, four gospels tell the story that it's not between us and them. So, us and them is a mentality where I say. Uh, why do bad things? Why do bad people do bad things to me? Mm-hmm. Uh, us versus them? Uh, or we can look at the Gospels and say that Jesus and his homies, the disciples were acted upon Eve but with evil by an outside force. And yet the gospels actually tell a story that evil can actually go right through the disciples themselves. And so we see Judas, a disciple, actually be one of the, one that followed Jesus his whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, followed Jesus around during this ministry and then actually betrays him. And so evil uh, now infiltrates even Jesus' followers And then Peter, the rock on which God is going to build his church, I mean, the one who um, Jesus kind of takes under his wing and loves, and Peter is one that turns out to be a church leader uh, Mm -hmm. for the early Christian movement, he betrays Jesus and runs away from Jesus, even when he's told he's going to do it. And he says, no, I won't do it. He does it. And so we see evil right there. And then lastly, five gospels tell the story of a downward spiral of evil. So we can see... um, for example, in the gospel of Matthew, through the first half of the gospel, Jesus is teaching to the greater uh, populace and then he realizes like there's many that aren't hearing or listening and mm-hmm. so as he turns to Jerusalem, he knows that Israel's kind of rejecting him in some ways and so he's going to pour in his disciples and these decisions lead to another decision at least to Jesus being crucified. We see like when he's first on the scene he offends everyone but it takes like the acting powers to make these decisions that lead to something crazy and we know that evil exists that way in our own lives that one little decision today leads to a bigger decision tomorrow Mm -hmm. and another decision down the road and all of a sudden we've lost our family and our kids because we've committed some act of adultery or like um we've done something at work that's led into a place that's no good or we we've fallen into some kind of addiction i mean that downward spiral of evil jesus came for that and so the point of that is is this is i, I wanted us to talk about atonement theory and and atonement theory is basically when we ask why did jesus have to die on a cross or what was accomplished when Jesus died on a cross, scholars over the history of the church have come up with these theories. Like one of them uh, would be what we're talking about, the Christus-Victor uh, theory, but another one could be um, the sacrificial theory, how Jesus dies in our place, kind of like instead of us dying, he dies for us. Yeah. So all of those theories make sense, but M.T. Wright is going to say Christus-Victor theory is the one that all the theories come from, and I, and I want, I want you to hear this that Jesus dying on the cross was to defeat the power of evil in the world. Like that has ever been. And that will ever be that he takes on this cosmic supernatural, this fight against evil, the evil that's in you and me, but also that is in the world. And he takes that on in the cross and, and dies um, to defeat and then is risen from the, the dead as well. Mm. And so that's, that's something that's really important because that's the answer to evil. Like, that's that's the big answer of what gives me hope when I walk into evil or suffering or difficulty and struggles that's gives me hope and uh, confidence that I too don't have to be overcome by this um, and that we can continue to to walk together as a community and and that the church will will never fail like the gates of hell will not prevail against have I mean against the church like it just won't it won't happen because of what Jesus did on the cross yeah. So there's a lot there, and we could go on and on about all kinds of stuff, but
0: that's enough for. Yeah, for I that. know. That's a lot to soak in. Yeah. So we talked a lot about uh, in this sermon about evil, uh, like evil forces in the world, uh, spiritual, uh, supernatural evil versus, you know, world leaders and, and others mm-hmm. who, who, who do evil right. against Christians. Right. Um, but what about if we go back to the very basic question? Why do bad things happen to good people? Not necessarily um, like an evil act, but like someone getting cancer or, or mm-hmm. getting some sort of sickness that is just you can't beat it or it's a long, arduous process to beat it. And, you know, maybe you can ultimately. Um, we've seen that happen. We've seen miracles and, and people um, recover from things. But why do those kind of things happen? Is, is like, let's just use cancer as an example. Is cancer itself evil? I mean
1: yeah I think so i think i think that um so you could define evil as a perversion of the original good right okay yeah like you could you could define that as something that is not not what God intended it to be mm-hmm. i mean and and that can that can range as like extreme or illness it could be categorized in different ways mm-hmm. but um but i mean anyone that's walked through cancer i i would say they would probably would struggle to call it evil you know what I mean um, yeah, I can hear. I can hear that. Yeah, because it just it just attacks us and attacks life, and it and it it tries to kill. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like it's just it's just not good. And so, um, so I talked about a little bit in the sermon this difference between God and creation. Like God is immutable. You remember me talking yep. about that a little mm-hmm. bit. And so immutable meaning God can't change. And so God is the same yesterday, today, and and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. God God's the same. But God's creation is not God, and so it is not immutable. Okay, it yeah. is mutable. I'm you. Okay, right. it ahead. is not God itself. That's pantheism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once once creation exists, and particularly once sin enters into the story, then all of creation is splintered. Like, and so what happens in Genesis chapter three is much bigger than than uh, Adam and Eve. Uh, being kicked out of the garden—it's actually the garden's jacked up now, okay? Mm, yeah, and, sure. and it's actually that the world is not the way it was supposed to be. And so when when Paul talks about in Romans chapter eight, I think that all creation groans for for the Lord. I mean, it's like it's it's acknowledging the fact that even the world uh, is messed up and desires for for God to to come again for Jesus to return. So all of that to say. That once things go awry yeah. uh, from from that original sin and from, from what takes place, then even our very bodies are no longer the way they should be. Mm-hmm. We weren't designed to die. Right. And now death is entered. And I, I would call death evil, even, even death of a natural cause. I mean, like, of, or of old age, like at the end, like that was not the way it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, anything of that sort is is something that is because things have been splintered and they're not the way that they're supposed to be so jesus came to defeat death itself so that we could again enter into eternal life um and for the christian we already have that promise now and so even for those that may walk through cancer or difficulty or struggle it's not the last word yeah but it's still still evil and then the follow-up to that well let, let me just say like that's that's why um, the the follow-up question to that is like, why does God allow those bad things, right? Yeah, exactly. That's why they exist, but why does God allow right. them to go on? And that's a trickier question because God in his omnipotence uh, could intervene and has intervened uh, in miraculous healings and mm-hmm. things of the sort. Um, but there's something... There's there's something that we, we, we may never be able to answer that question fully. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that God has, in the long run, He's answered that. He's already defeated that so that we will have eternity with Him. Um, but as far as, like, why does He choose to heal some people and not heal yeah. others, like, that one, man, that one's tough. What I do know is that, all things he's working in the midst so that we might know him and believe him and that he will be glorified and so there's a complex good that comes from simple evil like i would call i would call cancer just a simple evil it's not complex because all these people like conspired to do it and created yeah. all this thing but it's something that came about and god can bring a complex good out of that i don't think god put cancer into your relative so that Um, just because he desired for an end result. But what I do know is because things have gone wrong and splintered, God and cancer can happen. God can also bring a complex good out of that that will be glorifying to him and be present for others. And so uh, one one last follow-up to that is like, so like why does it happen to some people? Is it because... People Do people get diseases because they did something wrong or things like that? Or am I suffering for the sins of my father? Yeah, you know, uh-huh. those kind of things. Um, there is a generational sin that exists, like they, that because the sins of our father's it can cause some systemic problems and things that exist and our families can be in bad situations because yeah, dad them. decided to be an alcoholic and you know there are some of that but when we're talking about diseases and things like that like there's one one example in, in the gospel of John, John chapter 9 where the man at Siloam is, he's he's blind and the disciples or the followers, uh, disciples ask him, Rabbi who sinned that this man would be Blind, is it him or his parents? Yeah, and Jesus responds, uh, It is neither this man nor his parents that sinned, but this happened that the works of God might be displayed in him. And mm-hmm. so, what, what God is essentially saying is, These things are, are not good, and this person is blind, but God's glory will come out of this. And, and he's, I mean, he heals him yeah. in that moment. And so, I don't know, it's a tricky.
0: It, real, it really questions. is. You know, I think the best we can hope is that you get some kind of um, some comfort or, or some, you know, that, that answers some of your questions. And, you know, it's going to it's always going to spawn more questions in your yeah. mind, you know, but um, we're doing the best we can on, <laughs> in this kind of short time frame to to kind of touch well, the, on these. The
1: tricky thing is, is like now we're talking about cancer and that's a tough one or natural disasters. Yeah, so that's a tough one. But, like, why does God allow something like, um, I don't know, uh, Jewish persecution, execution Mm -hmm. in in World War II and Nazi camps and things like that? Why does God allow something like that to happen? Like, that's obviously where some of these questions really come to a head. Um, And that's tough to even try to offer an answer to that. But the first thing I would say when we think about something like this is, one, that we have to have humility when we ask this question. Because when we ask this question, sometimes what we are inferring is that we could do things better than God. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like why does God? Why did God drop the ball on this one? I wouldn't have done yeah, that. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have let that happen. <laughs> right. And so this one's tricky too. You sure. want to be able to pursue this. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't wrestle with these things, because uh, I think I've seen God work in some mysterious ways and work through some really hard hardships. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that one of the big arguments that you'll hear about this is that God— gave us free will and free will is really important Mm -hmm. because he gave us he gave us the ability to choose love to choose him or to not choose him and if he were to interject himself every single time that something wasn't going just as he had designed then he's starting to take away that free will yeah no that absolutely makes sense and the free will is the most i think one of the the most important thing that he gives us because he gives us the ability to love others to love him, he gives us this freedom mm-hmm. uh, that is necessary, and that's key. So one quote I'll share with, with you from C.S. Lewis, um, well, actually two quotes. One, free will, though it makes evil possible, is also the only thing that makes possible any love or goodness or joy worth having. The happiness God designs for his highest creatures is the happiness of being freely, voluntarily united to him and to each other in the ecstasy of love and delight. Compared with which the most rapturous love between a man and woman on this earth is mere milk and water, and for that they must be free. Saying that even the most rapturous love that you and I could ever have for a person, for our mm-hmm. spouses, the love that we can have in this relationship with God, because He gave us free will, is so much bigger. And and the last thing I would say, this is this is from Thomas Aquinas about this, and uh, Thomas is, Thomas Aquinas is going to say. Um, that a world without fire is doubtless less good than a world that risks, that runs the risk of what fire brings. So in other words of saying, what Thomas Kimbis is getting at is the value that, that fire gives us. Mm-hmm. We can do all kinds of things with fire. Think about where we would be without fire. Okay, sure. But fire brings considerable risks. So would the world be better off without fire? Right? Right. And so he's he's likening that to free will. Would Got the it. world be better off without free will if we were just a bunch of robots? and that we couldn't choose love and know and joy and think yeah. for ourselves and to be able to um, to grow in our love for God and expand that knowledge and expand uh, what it is to work together and know our neighbor and all of those things. Would the world be better off uh, just because it brings these risks into the world? That's not to belittle any difficult situation or, or to belittle World War II or anything like that. Yeah. But
0: But I don't know. Does that— it helps helps a lot yeah I guess you know it's like thinking about um, if God was playing a video game and we were all just characters in that game Mm -hmm. and um, he got tired of the way one of the characters were playing so he just like changed that person you know changed that character and okay no you're gonna do this now Um, that goes back to that free will thing I'm not explaining as well as is it, I'm kind of processing through it still well, But think, yeah as soon as you take that free will away yeah well and think the point. about
1: think about your analogy a little bit for so so even though the God is the video gamer yeah the video game centers around man right yeah and that's almost an arrogant position I'm not trying to call you arrogant because I know what you're trying to do so yeah. I'm trying to take your analogy and expand it a little bit okay. but the world that we live in is centered around God. And we are players and God is is Yes. It, does that make sense? I see sense? what you're saying. Yes, exactly.
0: And, and so
1: like when we ask these questions, though I think we should, we can start to pretend like the world is revolves around us mm-hmm. and not God. Mm-hmm. But what God did in his infinite wisdom and in his love is he made the most loving thing he could do was to create creatures that could experience his love and could return that love because we could be formed in it. But yeah. this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us. Mm-hmm. And so the love is flowing from God first and foremost. And so we get in this place where we start to think the world revolves around us and we would do things a little differently. The other thing I want to say about evil is that if you think about the Gospels and what plays out with Jesus, nothing is going as it should in the minds of the Jew- Jewish people Followers, right. no one is feeling good about where everything's headed. Mm-hmm. Like everyone is looking at this, going, "This is not what we thought we were getting with the Messiah." Yeah, like we, like Judas probably is a zealot who goes and betrays Jesus because he wasn't the Messiah that he's been waiting for and looking for and studying for. Oh yeah, that's and and so everything seems to be headed down the wrong path, and then like when he dies. Like they're devastated. Yeah. Like this is this is the worst thing in the world and truly is the worst thing in the world that God <laughs> would come and die on a cross. But even in the midst of that, there's a complex good that's being worked out. And so the point of that being is it's not always how it seems in the immediate circumstances.
0: Absolutely. And so that,
1: yeah. the, the way that God relates to us and the way that God relates to space and time and things like that man, there is a long-term game here that God's already worked out Mm -hmm. uh, and that we know how it ends, but we don't understand all the details. And and so we've got to hold on to that hope that that in Jesus on the cross, uh, death and evil itself have been defeated, that the power of evil cannot conquer and defeat us. And yet we're still waiting for that time when evil will be driven away and we no longer have to suffer from the consequences of evil.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think it's important that um, when evil does happen around us, um, that that we don't just let it overpower us and give in and say, you know what, we're doomed. There's no way we can get around this evil. It's how we react. It's how we respond to those who are affected. It's how we help people. Mm -hmm. It's how we Mm -hmm. share that love. Yeah. And... That's I really think what I'm going to take away from this. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, so great. One of the questions that was submitted to us, and by the way, a, a lot of this conversation is based on questions yes. we got. So, keep asking questions, folks.
0: Um, but make my job a lot easier. Yeah, but, <laughs> but
1: but one of the questions is, can we be overpowered by evil? Like, how do we not be overconsumed by it? And mm-hmm. that's that's a good point. And the other thing is, don't return our, our don't return evil for for yeah, evil. Yeah, for right? sure. Like, and so, um, man, like this is going to sound trite in light of some of the things we talked about, but those of you that are Christians, those Christians on Facebook, (laughs) please think about how you're entering into conversations and like, please think about, um, the fact that what we're talking about right now is that Jesus defeated evil with love. Mm -hmm. And so our response to evil has to be in love. Um, and the ways in which and I and I think that that's where we'll find triumph and and conquer and so um, that's one way to respond to evil but but how to not over be overwhelmed by it like that's a that's a that's a careful thing but we want to focus on community and know what's true we need to not forget that Jesus has defeated the power of evil um, I, I'm thinking about our missionary friends that that we're in a difficult place oh, yeah. and, and so like. Someone like that, this is real. How do they not become overcome by it? Well, it's it's in faith and knowing that Jesus is with them, and that um, that whatever happen, whatever happens in this life, like Paul says that that all of the sufferings in this world will not compare to the glory that we have in Christ Jesus for all eternity. And so, like we have to realize that even in the, even in the darkest yeah. hours, it's not it doesn't compare to to what our our inheritance is mm-hmm. to, to be with Christ for always.
0: It's good. Yeah. I think that's about our time for today. Yeah, it was long one. It? it it was it's a little longer. but yeah. uh, it was good. good, and I got a lot out of it. Um, give us a little taste of what's going on. next So this week, one's
1: right? another tough one. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, it's talking about science and faith. Oh boy. Yeah. So we're gonna wrestle with some things, some some problems that come up when. Okay. S- some ways that the church has not handled that well. And, yeah. And uh, I'll try real hard not to make it a lecture. Um, <laughs> and then we have. Uh, one more week after that, yeah, so this week and then the fourth, I think we talk about like um, what's my purpose kind of thing. Okay. Like that was one of the big questions yeah. that, that people ask of God. What's my purpose and why Why am I here? Mm-hmm. Uh, what should I do in life kind of thing? So that'll be, that'll be a fun one. And then the February 11th in the Vine, we're going to have a live Q&A. So like you'll be able to submit any questions you yeah. want to me and I'm scared to death, but... Anyways, can't wait come. it'll be fun <laughs> 940 and 11 it's gonna be a great show and, sure. then, and then and if we don't get to all the questions we have a cool podcast called 515 that we can answer some
0: more man oh sorry about that yeah that I love how it just kind of works its way back around full circle that's right I'm so excited okay thank you John alright put we a bow on it. it y'all have a good week take care bye